everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a, uh, a, a another road draw, but it's not a road loss, so uh, I guess those are good things. Uh, the We're going to do our standard ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We've got a terrific interview with Andrew Tenari. Uh, we're going to preview the match against Penn FC next weekend, and we have some stuff to talk about around the USL, uh, which I am very excited to talk about. Tonight, joining me, as always, we've got uh, the Red Bull News Network Zone. <laughs> I, I think it's funny to say that for, for all of these, but uh, it's Joe Steen. Hello, Joe Steen. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I like. I can keep you guys on your toes because you don't know who I'm about yeah, to I was just say. say. I don't know who's next. Well, and yeah. that, I know who's next now. It's Bill Toomey. Hello, Bill. <laughs> Joe, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's good. And last but not least, you know you've missed him. It's Anthony Merced back from uh, the Twilight Work Zone. Is that is that yeah, a fair assessment? I'm- I'm back with some uh, some crazy stories that I won't tell here. <laughs> oh, man. That's right. I forgot that you have a story that you were supposed to tell us and you have yet to do so. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're not even going to tease it. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody all at once. Great. Good. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> These are all good things. Uh, not, not a bad weekend for New York Red Bulls, too. Uh, they go up against their former teammates. Uh, it looks like they're going to get burned by their former teammates, but then they're, they're somewhat helped by a former teammate throughout. Uh, Jared Stroud opens the scoring very early in the in the second minute with a beautiful curled shot uh, to the back post. Uh, and then things get super duper crazy with uh, Stefano Bonomo scoring uh, in back to back minutes uh, first from the penalty spot after Junior Flemings is taken down. And then uh, tapping in a uh, Junior Fleming's cross, a low cross that Hassan and Dom was a little bit uh, on his back foot. He couldn't defend. And it looked like uh, they were going to be on their way to really rolling over the New York Red Bulls, too, until a Junior Fleming's red card. And I want to talk about that a little bit, but uh, let's talk about the beginning of the game first. First half, they come out storming out of the gates, and then things kind of start to go sideways. Justine, what happened in that first half that that really kind of uh, made things go off tilt? Uh, They lost focus. Seems to be a common theme on the road with this team this year is – they seem to be in control for most of the match, and they seem to have these spurts where they either they switch off for a second or they lose focus of the game, or, and, you know, they pay for it. I mean, these teams are going to punish you uh, if they get the chance. And they were lucky because Evan Laurel made a very big save in this game early, too, and they could have been down 3-1, uh, which they might have not found their way back. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. Uh, and I also think... Um having Christian Caceres out uh, to start, even though I think Andrew uh, and um, um, Chris did a good job in terms of holding down that, that the back of the midfield, there's just mm-hmm. something missing whenever it's not the three of them out there. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. I mean, uh, I know, I think he, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to rotate his squad a little bit in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they definitely, when they have that trio, they're very, very difficult to stop. I, I mean, you know, we saw the week before they probably should have had a draw against FC Cincinnati, uh, yeah. but they were unlucky in that game. And then this game, I feel like if they had that at the beginning of the game, they probably could have cut some of the things out that Tampa was trying to do. 
Uh, Anthony, I want to know your thoughts. Tom Barlow started this game up top. Brian White out on the wing. Uh, what did you think? What what have you thought of him up there as that sort of striker depth option? And uh, is it worth moving Brian White into a position where he doesn't necessarily uh, perform all that well just to have him on the field? Uh, I I think it is totally worth uh, moving him up there. Um, did this this team is about trying to figure out whether or not uh, someone has the ability to play in a certain position. We've seen them do it the opposite way, like. Someone like um, Ethan Cutler, who was a striker in college and just decided to dump him back on the defense or at least on, as, as, as a wing back. So I think they're, they're trying it the other way to see what they can produce. Plus, I mean, look, this team has cut guys that um, I, I've at least questioned uh, whether or not they should have done at this moment, considering the fact that they don't have very many options for replacement. So they've got to find some offensive players. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. They definitely need at least one more striking option, uh, or striker option, not a striking option. Uh, Bill, in terms of where this team is right now versus where they were, let's say, in April, even though they haven't gotten wins on the road, are you happy with the way that they're performing on the road? I would say that I am happy with the way that they're performing on the road. They seem to be attacking more, even though they kind of lose power in the game, but we're seeing them attack more. So I definitely think it is better than where it was in April uh, for them. And hopefully they can uh, continue to to push forward and kind of build upon this draw on the road to get better results in the future on the road. And Jostein touched on it before. This game comes down to two really bad minutes for the New York Red Bulls, too that uh, make it very difficult for them to win. Once Tampa had the red card, uh, they were able to sit back a little bit and just try to absorb, uh, even though the Red Bulls were able to to pull uh, back entirely and get the equalizer, uh, it was still a bit of a shame. And I want to talk about that red card too. Um, So right before Flemings uh, gets the card, he's he's down the, the left side of the field. Christian Caceres comes, he shoulders him, uh, puts him down onto the ground. <laughs> and I I would absolutely 100% say unequivocally that it was a foul. Even though it was shoulder, he charged into him. Uh, no call on the play. The match was getting a little chippy. Junior comes and retaliates and swings his arm back at Caceres. I don't think he makes contact, but uh, certainly comes close. But just the act of swinging your arm is enough for a red card. We we didn't ever really see him lose his mind like that in New York, so I'm wondering what it was that like put him over the edge. Was it just because uh, of the team of of having to play his former team? What do you think? I I think it could be revenge too because uh, I don't think it was a, a red card, but maybe the ref just wanted to uh, make a stance and let everybody know that you know he's not playing around anymore. But uh, I don't think it was warranted of of a red. Well, all all it takes is you have to swing at a player. You don't have to hit. You don't have to make contact. If you take a swing at someone's face, uh, then, you know, it's a red card. Now, granted, in this case, his back is to him. He's throwing his arm backwards. So you can make a case for whether or not he he knew that his hand was going to be near his face. But I think he knew what he was doing. Justine? Yeah, I think there was intent there for sure. I mean, then that's all that really, that's what the ref looks at more and you and I were talking about this. Uh, it, the game was chippy in the first half, and I think the ref wanted to put a stamp down on, like, listen, we're, if this isn't going to be allowed. We're not going to have this going on in the second half. You know, 
this type of thing happens, and then someone retaliates, and then someone can get hurt in the second half. So I think he put his marker down in the game by giving this red card. Yeah, fair. And, of course, uh, the other uh, talking point in this game, although there's not much to talk about once he's out there, uh, Alan Yadis finally gets his first action for the for the New York Redbulls, too. So congrats, Alan, and uh, hopefully we'll be getting to see some more of you very, very soon. All right, let's talk man of the match. I'll start with you, Anthony. Whoa, whoa, whoa. there's one thing we're not talking about, though. What did we not talk about? The fact that Hassan and Dom continues to be the most inconsistent thing that you could ever imagine on defense. I, like, I would every argue. Every good thing I've, he does, he has an immediate disaster moment. I wouldn't say immediate disaster moment, but I would argue that this year that would be more Jordan Scarlett than Hassan and Dom. But, but that, that's that, not that to say that Dom has in not, the box yeah. was just atrocious. Yeah, yeah. That That's kind of par for the course for Indom. Uh, we praised do you him. Think, though, I'm, now I'm the one asking the questions. Okay. Do, do you think that, like, you know, now in year two, I mean, is he really getting any closer to being MLS ready? Because those moments draw really big question marks. Well, let's let's look at what he did for the MLS side when he was there. I think he performed admirably and up to the task and didn't look uh, his usual um, um, inconsistent or or difficult self with the first team but on the second team you still see him making those mental mistakes so i'm i'm wondering uh if it's a case of you know uh a motivation for playing for one or the other side fair uh okay let's talk about the match and i'll start with you mr i've got questions (laughs) yeah i'm I'm gonna say evan lauro i think he made some huge saves in this game that that bailed red bull two out okay fair uh mr bill uh, Brian White with that second goal. Yeah, and I think that uh, he also helped take control of the game once he was moved up top. Joe Steen? Uh, yep, Brian White. Um, when he was moved up top, uh, like you said, the game completely changed. And he scored a lot of nice headers this year, and that was another example of uh, him you know, just being a threat in the box. Yeah, it was a good near post run. I also agree, Brian White. So it's you alone on your island, Anthony. But Evan also did a very good job. So both Brian and Evan, (laughs) good job this week. Okay, New York Red Bulls 2, or ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. Uh, Rafi Diaz and Sac Republic off this week. Same with Noah Powder and OCSC. Dan Metzger started and played 90 minutes in Penn FC's 1-1 draw with Charlotte Independence, drew a yellow card in that match. Uh, Junior Flemings, we talked about him before, but uh, we'll go back into it. Started, played 54 minutes until his red card in the 2-2 draw, also had an assist in that match. And arguably, he, he had two assists because he set up that uh, penalty kick. Bonomo in that match, scoring two goals. Of course, of course. Former, <laughs> former Metro players always seem to really uh, get back at the team when they, they come back. Uh, Brandon Allen and Nashville, he had two games last week. He came off the bench for 17 minutes and a one nothing win over Atlanta United 2. And then he started and played 90 minutes. And you you may think you hear me wrong in what I'm about to say, but you, you, are, you uh, feel confident that, that you hear the exact right words that come out of my mouth. He started and played 90 minutes in a 2 nothing loss to Toronto FC 2. The first win for Toronto FC2 this season. 19 it's games amazing. into the season. Whoa. Uh, Corey, Welcome to the league, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Corey Herzog uh, 
came off the bench, played 18 minutes for St. Louis uh, in their 2-1 to one win over uh, Reno 1868. He picked up a yellow card late in that match. Uh, Kyle Rainish uh, started and played 90 minutes in each of Fresno FC's matches this past week. A 0-0 draw with uh, OKC and a 1-1 draw with Tulsa. So Fresno heads to Oklahoma. They take two draws. Uh, Zach Carroll in 1868. He was in that match with St. Louis. He started and played 90 minutes. Also picked up a yellow card. It was a 2-1 loss, again, for 1868. Conrad Pleva did not play in Real Monarchs SLC's 4-1 win over Phoenix Rising. Uh, Speedy Williams started, played 57 minutes in a 3-0 win over Ottawa for Louisville City. Uh, and he scored a goal in that match. So way to go, Speedy. Uh, Mike DeFanto was in that 4-1 loss for Phoenix Rising. He started and played 90 minutes. What a This is a, a rough shift. So he starts, he plays 90 minutes in a loss uh, on the defense that gives up four goals. One of those goals is an own goal by Mike DeFanta, and he picks up a yellow card. <laughs> That's a tough week. Shake that one off, Mike. Uh, Carl, we met in Indy 11. Uh, he started and played 90 minutes in a one nothing win over Bethlehem Steel, who are now uh, faltering again. They look like they were coming back, but now things are going bad there. Scott Thompson and the Richmond Kickers. Scott Thompson played 90 minutes in a 3 nothing loss to Charleston. Ouch. Uh, Zico Lewis did not play in either of FH Hafnarf Yardar's uh, games this past week. They had a 1-1 draw with uh, Hapoel... Oh, man. Hapoel Haifa FC in Europa League. <laughs> I think I did that right. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, and a one nothing win over Fjolner. It's like Mjolner, but Fjolner. Uh, David Abador and FC Haka. He started and played 90 minutes in a 3 nothing win over Katken Toyavan Paleojet. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Nice. Good try. <laughs> I forgot to do the phonetic pronunciations for these ones this week, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing what I can. And he scored a goal in that match. Way to go, David. Uh, Tim Schmoll, who is not playing yet, but he has switched clubs. He is no longer with Aldershot Town. He has moved to Dover Athletic FC. So he's still knocking around championship football. And that is it for our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. When we come back, we're talking to Andrew Tenari, so stick around. And we're back now by the man who makes it all run in the midfield it's andrew tadari hello andrew thanks for joining the show again hey guys how are you guys not too bad andrew uh i think coming into the season uh last year uh a lot of uh, maybe even most people looking at the squad uh maybe saw you as an afterthought and now you you've really become a leader on this squad what was that transition like for you um so last season, I didn't really get much. I started I started my first game onto the team when I first signed. And then after that, didn't really see the field until halfway through the season. So um, I was just kind of waiting for my chance. And when it came again, I kind of took it. And then I just tried to work as hard as possible. And it, luckily enough, I got a little bit of a role on the team and had a little bit um, 
my personality and grew into my role. So I had fun with it. But now this year, it's a, it's a bit different. Uh, they kind of look at me as a captain role some games and the way we work off the field and everything going on with that, um, they kind of look at me to be a leader. So it's, a, it's interesting compared to last year, but it's definitely enjoyable. Last year, you were playing uh, deeper in the midfield, and this year, you know, you seem to be the creative uh, one. And I think you're actually second in the league and uh, chances created. So how have you transitioned from, you know, you're still pressing, obviously, you know, with uh, Caceres and Lima in the midfield, but have you transitioned to being more of a creative player this year? Um, I, I consider myself more of a 10 player, um, usually coming from college and everything. That's why I played in college. Um, but it's kind of wherever they needed me. Like last game, we didn't have, we didn't start Caceres. So he put me in the sixth role again. So it's kind of wherever they need me. Um, of course, I like the 10 role a lot better just because it's more creative and I get to actually play the way I want to play. A different mindset um, between the two uh, positions. But um, I don't really know. It's I definitely enjoy it a little bit more. And last week, uh, you mentioned, uh, obviously, you guys went up against both Junior and Stefano, who had uh, been big parts of the team over the last couple of seasons. Was that a little bit strange? and uh, or, or was it just, you know, any day at the office because uh, of how mo- most players will just approach that as, you know, we're friends off the field, but enemies on it? Uh, it was a little interesting. We actually had dinner the night before the game with all of them. And it's just, it's funny to go... Off the field, we're best friends. We talk all the time. But on the field, it's, I remember going up to Bonomo and him like saying something. And I was like, I just said, I did a little curse words at him. So it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, once, once, once game time's on, it's, it's all about who wants to win more. So uh, off the field, it's completely different. We're, all, we're always going to be friends. So, But it was definitely funny to think about. So, speaking of Junior and Stefano, they were a big part of the team last year, obviously. This year, you know, you guys seem to have that dynamic trio up front again with Amando, um, Brian White, and Jared Stroud. How has it it been a lot different compared to last year, or is it kind of similar? Um, It's definitely different in the sense of um, they're new to the team this year. Sorry, Um, it's a bit loud where I am. Um, It's definitely a bit different. Bonomo, Flo, they were the leaders of the team last year, so we kind of looked up to them. Um, but now it's like, now when Armando, Brian, and Shroud are new to the team, so they're just getting used to it. So it took a, a little bit to get used to, and now I think they're in full stride, and they're looking great right now. And uh, in general, how do you feel about the the progress of the team so far this season? Uh, obviously, on the road, it's been a little bit difficult to find results, but uh, overall, uh, in a much better position uh, this season than you were last season at this time. Yeah, I mean, we we came back with three three guys from last year that weren't on the first, that aren't on the first team this year, so um, it was a bit interesting to see how we were going to turn out. So I'm definitely happy with the way we're growing into each other as players and friends and as a team. So um, last year we started, we had some rough batches, but we started off slow this year as well. And we're starting to get into full stride. We just need to find that first away game win, which is something we're struggling with. And um, I'm not sure how we're going to go about it, but I think, I think we'll get there. So I'm not worried about it. 
Yeah, you know, you, it seems like, you know, you've, you've put in better performances on the road compared to how you guys were at the beginning of the season. Has anything changed as far as that's con- uh, as far as the road, uh, you know, games are concerned? Have you guys done anything different tactically or has Wolniak uh, uh, said anything different to you guys? No, I mean, it's, I think it's confidence, to be honest. Confidence in the next year, confidence in the team as a whole. So um, we know we're good. We know we put in effort it's just getting it done and how we're getting it done so um but yeah i don't think anything different's being said and kind of circling back on uh, your role on the team now and, and the importance that you have to that midfield uh what are your your first team aspirations right now is that even something you're thinking about uh has has have there been any inquiries from from the top down or or is it just nose to the grindstone um I mean, that's, I think that's what everyone's thinking about on the second team is how do, how do we get to the first team and what's the best way of doing it. Um, um, so, yes, that is my aspiration. Um, I would love to be on the first team. And as of talks, I mean, you never know. You just keep putting the work in day in and day out, and I think it'll pay off. I think Rebel as a club is very good with that. So um, I'm not thinking about it too much more than what it is. I'm just trying to put the best foot forward and see where it comes what comes of it so yeah you covered everything for me joe (laughs) (laughs) okay i got one more for you andrew uh this week uh is sort of uh, unusual news for usl fc cincinnati uh, announces that they've signed uh fernando adi uh for their mls campaign but he's going to be also competing in usl this season uh is it what? What's the thought from from a player in USL of seeing a DP level MLS player uh, suddenly joining the ranks? I mean, that's. I mean, it's great. It's more competition for us. I I, I don't see why anyone have a complaint about that. Um, it's only more exposure for the league and for the team. So uh, that's awesome. And hats off to FC Cincinnati. Okay. Very cool. Andrew, before we uh, let you go, you oh, wait, 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 <laughs> before okay. we let you go, normally, okay, we, normally we would subject you to the lightning round, but you've done this already. So I had to cook up some yeah. questions specifically for you. Uh, are you ready? Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. What would the title of your auto autobiography be called? My autobiography. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> tiny thin. Tiny thin. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, if you could steal credit for any great piece of art, uh, whether it's a song, a film, a book, whatever, which would you claim as your own? Steal credit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, for any piece. Anything. Um, this is, this is tough. Um, there's a Japanese art, one of the most famous, maybe you guys know, I forget the name of the artist, but, um, it's like a, of a wave. Oh, and I, it's probably yeah. the most famous. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think, you know, I'm, I'm blanking off the name off the top of my head, but I would probably steal that one. Okay. Okay. That's very cool. Not, uh, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. You're <laughs> All right. Andrew, you're on death row. What is your last meal? All right. What is my last meal? Wow. What's my last meal? I don't know. That one's t- I probably, honestly, I'll keep it simple. A steak for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it simple. 
Uh, and last but not least, have you ever successfully finished a game of Monopoly? <laughs> Probably when I was younger. I don't remember that time I played Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I thought you were going to ask me like, what the funniest on a team. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. We should go that yeah, too because yeah, yeah. I don't think we did that last time. Who's the... I'd probably say Lee Funniest, Amando. <laughs> <laughs> Amando or Brian White. There we go. You know, <laughs> Make sure they hear that too. I, oh, I will definitely let them know. I uh, I should start keeping uh, track of these so that we can call it out at the end of the season who got the most votes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I want them to hear that one too. <laughs> Andrew, All thank right. you so much for joining us tonight. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You too. When we Thanks, come Andrew, back, when we come back, we're going to preview the game against Penn FC. So stick around. And we're back with our final segment. Uh, we're going to be previewing the match against Penn FC and talking about some stuff around the USL. Penn FC, not a great team. They're they're sitting pretty low on the t- on the table. They're six six and eight with a negative one goal differential. Uh, one two and two in their last five matches. Uh, mostly not not great on the road, but they've been able to get some results. They are two four and six away from home. Uh, over the last five games, they have a win against Bethlehem. Uh, losses to Richmond and Ottawa and draws against Indy and Charlotte. Uh, their goals leader is Lucky uh, Kasana. He's got seven goals on the season for them. And then Ken Tribbett. You guys might remember Ken Tribbett is a center back. Uh, he was with the Philadelphia Union. He is now with Penn FC. He's got five goals on the season. And those two are their leading scorers. So a center back is one of the leading scorers on this team that kind of tells you about their offensive struggles this season. Uh, Richard, oh, I'm going to say this wrong too. Meniver, I hope that's right. Uh, He's got four assists. Uh, But this team is really about uh, developing players. They're they're good at locking down matches. They don't give a lot up. Uh, I think they've only given up more than two goals in a match uh, three times this season. Their their games tend to be decided by one goal. Uh, they keep things tight. We know that their their midfield is uh, marshaled by Dan Metzger. We know what he brings to any team, and his bite and, and passing are all very very important. Um, but look, th- this is not a team that inspires a whole lot, and they focus solely on development. And whereas uh, the Red Bulls have done a similar thing they've been able to get more positive results at least this season and uh you know it it, it could be a little bit of a slog but but i think they're an important team and i can't think of a lot of reasons that red bull 2 won't beat them but i want to hear from you guys let's start with you anthony this time pen fc why would they win this match oh man i thought you're gonna ask me how red bull 2 is going to win how's red bull Um, 2 gonna win this match (laughs) Uh, I, I, I think that they're, they're better on the counter than a lot of the teams that play against Penn FC, which is how they get caught a lot. They, Penn FC is, I don't want to call them a not good team, but they, the things they do well are not the exciting things or the things mm-hmm. that move them forward to win games, but they are very good at locking down score lines, like you said. So as long as Red Bull can catch them on the counter and be able to move the ball on the wings. They should have more than, more than enough uh, to be able to put at least one goal past them. 
Jostine, is is Anthony right? Are you going to agree with Anthony on this one? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe there's a hesitation there, Joe. This is a well-reasoned argument. I don't like. I don't like agreeing with Anthony. I know. I'm I right. know. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're very. Um, they're a very feisty team on the road. I mean, they do have. They were. They have been trailing in some games this year. I know they were trailing. I think three one against Louisville this year, and they came back with two um, two goals in the second half in order to tie that game. So there's some. I don't. I, I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for them. It's not going to be like a rollover game like it was against Richmond or Atlanta too. I think. But the way this team comes out at home and they come out so fast-paced, they grab the lead so quickly, and they just seem to attack teams so much better. Um, I think this they'll win this game, though. Yeah, all right, fair. Um, Bill, talk to me about the goal scorers in this match. I want to know your thoughts. Uh, is there going to be uh, someone hitting penalties a la Brandon Allen? I mean, we haven't seen too many yet this uh, season so far, so I can't really uh, can't really say. But with the way that Rebels too have been uh, playing at home recently, they're just gonna, I think, fly right past Penn FC. So, no doubt about that. Oh, so you think this is going to be uh, a simple victory for the team? Yeah, I think it's going to be a three-zero uh, or four-zero win. I have said many times in the past that that Bill is the smartest of all of us. So. <laughs> I would take that for what it is. Bill gave us a prediction. He's also the most educated. That's true. Uh, Bill gave us a prediction. Wait, no, I think, well, maybe. I don't know. I feel, I feel like Jocene and Bill could have uh, a education throwdown. I'm a simpleton, <laughs> so. <laughs> you and I but only passed the sixth grade. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> My dream was to move to the West Coast, live in my van with my guitar. No, all right. Um, and you're down such by- a hippie. <laughs> well, well, when I was in sixth grade, I was more of a punk. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that some other time. Let's get a prediction. Bill says 3 nothing. Anthony? I am saying 2 nothing. Okay, Joe? I'm going to go 2 nothing as well. Uh-oh. Get, get the... <laughs> Get the uh, water bucket out. <laughs> one one draw, guys. Oh no! One one draw. Pan FC is a good defensive team, and I think they're going to frustrate the Red Bulls. And such a uh, downer. Uh, just cl- getting downer over here. They'll get they'll get a goal from Dan Metzger from like thirty five yards out. That it's just going to happen. <laughs> I still remember when we had Dan on for an interview, and he's like, "Yep, if I don't get promoted to the first team." <laughs> I'm taking off, and look, he I'll was true to off. his word. He yeah, he he did. He got a promotion, but he wasn't getting playing time, and yeah, they had to yeah. go their separate ways. Uh, I still wish nothing but the best for Dan because I really like him. Um, okay, so three nothing, two nothing, two nothing, one one. Right? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna work our way up to the <laughs> anger-inducing USL topics, but let's start first. TFC two get a win. Woo-hoo. Everybody come out to the party. What what do you think is is going on up there? Because there's a lot of talk that they're going to be uh, absconding right to the CPL. Uh, do they even really care about anything happening this season? 
beyond just you know making sure that players get minutes and and, and grow a little bit? Well, aren't they? They're going to be a D three team next year. Are they? Is that is that I, confirmed? I thought yeah, it's not confirmed, but I thought that was the rumor. They're, they're listed on the USL D three site. Oh, okay. As, as being a team for next year, yeah. Okay, I had heard some rumors uh, that were not substantiated that they might go to um, the CPL. They still might, but I, I don't think it'll be next year. Okay, all right, fair. Uh, well, I guess that kind of throws a lot of cold water on my question. But do you think they care about getting these wins? They are one fifteen and three with a negative twenty six goal differential. <laughs> Joe, it's about player development. Uh huh. <laughs> Just developing or maybe in that. The goal for the season should be a positive goal differential. <laughs> now, what? What? Like we talk about these two teams uh, quite a bit in, in relation to each other. Uh, but 20 games in, Tulsa also has just a single win, which came in the last five games. They are 1, 9, and 10. So they have a negative 23 goal differential, but they have 13 points, whereas Toronto FC is sitting on six points for the season. We talked about this before. We've made our predictions before. Uh, who will finish with more points, Tulsa or Toronto? Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. <laughs> I'm still at that boat, too. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Sorry, Toronto. Um Phoenix, Phoenix Rising, a chance to move top of the West, and they come up against um, Real Monarchs, and they they don't just lose; they get blown out. And you know, coupled with their their blowout uh, loss to Fresno a couple weeks ago, couple, couple, couple. Um, the, I mean, look, the, Phoenix has talent to beat those those teams that are further down the table, but they're not getting it done against teams that have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs uh, for the most part. They're, they're, they do have some wins here and there against quality sides, but uh, few and far between. Are, are they for real? Should Are they really a second-place team in the Western Conference? Joe, you are the Phoenix expert. <laughs> well, you got to beat whoever's in front of you, but again, yeah, they haven't really beaten any of the top teams. And they had a bad 30 minutes in this game against Real Monarchs, and they found themselves down pretty quickly. They did have a good uh, spell in between those, um, in between the first, I think it was uh, towards the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, and then they get a red card, and that pretty much uh, knocked every chance they had at beating Real uh, Monarchs in this game. So, I mean, I still think they're a good team. I still think they're legit, but I, I think they need – they desperately need a win against the top side because I don't know if it's a lack of confidence going in against these top sides now where they just seem like they, they're they timid. They don't really have, you know, everything going for them that they do against these small sides. I mean, even against, like, Swill Park, they had chances earlier in the year to, to tie the game up and they just couldn't do it. So, I mean, I, I think it's a confidence thing with, with this club against these top teams. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, Anthony counter that in in some way. I, I know that you could be the negative Nancy on this one, and I think that you should do that. Right, wait, so you want me to say they will catch? Um... <laughs> yeah, I want you I want you to rain on his parade. Oh boy. Um I think that they can they can still win the USL championship. I don't necessarily think they're gonna catch um Utah. This is one of those losses where you lose so much ground that you're just focusing on establishing where you are in the table and not even looking up anymore. 
um, and 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 hoping that 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 team, which has been somewhat unbeatable in the regular season the last two years, um, does what they do last year and burn out in the playoffs, and then you don't have to worry about them. Their their chances of winning USL championship are still there, so uh, they just need to let go of uh, maybe the idea of beating a team like Real Salt Lake and hoping that the cards play in their favor. That wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically true. Uh, Okay. And now moving on to uh, the, the main topic that I want to talk about tonight, Uh, FC Cincinnati. uh, What is this bull crap? DP level player Fernando Eddy is being added to FC Cincinnati's side for the rest of the season. Uh, he was purchased with MLS money, uh, an MLS transfer uh, uh, money, so uh, TAM and GAM. But he's allowed to play in the USL this season. This seems like a crazy way to skirt the rules. And I think there's a lot of teams out there that are going to be a little sore with how this went down. Plus, I mean, we're talking about FC Cincinnati is already one of the favorites to win MLS Cup and the USL or MLS Cup, USL Cup and the USL Shield. This obviously puts them over as well as uh, getting Fatai Alashe uh, uh, on loan. And there was some Serie A player I can't think of now. Um, I'm going to look it up while we talk uh, on loan. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Uh, pa Kanate. Konate, uh, I hope I said that right. Um, but look, they're adding major firepower, and I think a lot of the league is looking at them like, where are these funds coming from? How is this still within roster regulations? Uh, is this rubbing anybody else the wrong way as it, as it rubs me? It's definitely a little strange because I don't think anyone expected anything like this to happen, especially other teams that they have left to play in the season and still in the playoffs which are yet to come and they're also sitting already without you know these players on the roster at the top of the table in the east so yeah i could see a rub in the wrong way on a lot of people Justine, what do you think uh i'm not as outraged as a lot of people are i mean i i get it you know you've got mls player and you know high level players coming into a league where they shouldn't be in but i mean you know, if if they are allowed to do it, I mean, by all means. But I mean, I don't want anyone complaining that you know when uh, if they lose in the the USL playoffs uh, that they didn't have enough or something like that, or that so and so got loaned down to a team and that's not <laughs> fair or anything like that. Setting so, themselves up for some big disappointment. Yeah, I mean, hey, if they now 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 all the pressure's on them. Now if they don't win, they they look. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're going MLS next year, so they probably don't care. But I mean. They, they pretty much, they're the overwhelming favorites now. Yeah, yeah, agree. And uh, it's not necessarily the talent level, which is the issue. It's the way that they acquired uh, that talent level. That's a really murky way to kind of go through these rules that we haven't seen well, anyone well, else. Why is it murky necessarily? Be- I mean, there is no salary cap in the USL. Because, because they used funds uh, for their MLS side, which does not exist yet. So it's theoretical <laughs> theoretical money that they will have next season to acquire a player that they're going to be able to use but right that, now. But that doesn't matter by the USL standards. So they, they just bought a player. There, there's no salary cap. So if they want to buy a player, I mean, that player's getting paid. That's well, all okay. that really matters. So here, here's the issue, Anthony. No other USL team can access the funds they use to buy that player. 
No, they can access their billionaires or millionaires to there's buy their no, player. There's no transfer mechanisms between USL and MLS like that currently. Uh, okay. I mean, like, it's just, I don't, I mean, guys get, yeah, that's not actually true. No, actually not. No, I was thinking about that. That's actually not true. Like if you, if you wanted to trans, if you wanted to buy a player and pay a transfer fee, you could do it through, we, through MLS. I mean, this is the open transfer window right now. We, we if have, you but we to have not from a team. You could do it. We have not seen transfer funds pass between USL and MLS as far I as I'm aware, but, that, but you can do it. Okay. Just because it hasn't um, been done. I mean, this, this is no different than someone than Alfonso Davies being transferred to Bayern Munich. If, um, Hartford, let's say, for instance, wanted to buy um, any any player from MLS, they could pay that team or the league, whatever the transfer fee is, and get that player. There's really no difference um, how it works. We don't even see intra-league transfers with any kind of money in USL. But that doesn't make it wrong or bad or, or anything other than the fact that it, it happened. There's no rule against it. So, so trying to say something like, it's it's somehow against a ru- against something that doesn't exist is a little bit is 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 not the right way to look at it. It is it out of the norm? It's a little bit out of the norm, but there's no rule against it. Is what I'm trying to say. All right, all right, fair enough. Uh, I feel like that puts a bow on this. It's up to you guys. You let us know what you think about this nonsense. <laughs> Red Bulls should just loan down BWP and, and right? Tyler and, and, and Tyler but they, and, uh, <laughs> and below for, if they play FC Cincinnati in do you, the playoffs. Do you know why New York wouldn't do that? And not not in like a um, a serious way, but New York doesn't have to do that because they have nothing to prove. They've already pooped all True. over the USL and won the championship and Shield in such it's the only It's the only place where they do have a championship. <laughs> well, they have the supporter shields. And you do not That's get not to respond. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, and of course we hope you do, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Sports World. I'm at Bill TNJ. I am at Jaystein15. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we keep all of our episodes. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. We're still not on Spotify. And I'm sore about it because there's not really a clear way to get your podcast on Spotify. It's more of like, hey, if we think you're good enough, you'll end up here. And there's a bunch of beautiful game network shows on there already, but not us. This is me complaining. They're haters. (laughs) Let's see. Nope. Uh, We pop up. If you look up Raising Bulls, we'll pop up because I've been on other shows (laughs) that say Joe Goldstein of Raising Bulls. Uh, But you can't actually listen to our show there. Uh, hashtag Merced Out. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. They've got great shows like uh, Down in the Valley, Texas Soccer Radio, Backyard Footy, Foxtrot, Bethlehem Blast Furnace, Sock Takes, Rising is One, The USL Show, Mongols, Pittsburgh Scholastic Soccer Show, and so much more. If you want to know what's happening around the USL at the team level, there is no better place to go than BGN.FM to find out everything that you need to know. Uh, you can read our written work every 
today if you'd want <laughs> at rbnn.us, the Red Bulls News Network. Joe Steen, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey's photos. I'm over there. Uh, we've got a ton of great writers like Liam Petit, uh, John Perticaro, Perticaro, sorry, I said that wrong, uh, Kyle Debelak, and so many more. So come around, check out that site. Uh, give us some 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 looks. I think you'll like what you see there. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, Joe Steen, and Andrew Tenari, thank you very much, and have a great night. <laughs>